Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. This is Pam. This is Ariba. Hi, Ariba. How are you? I'm blessed. That's great. And how are you? I am blessed as well. Thank you. Is this your first time joining our Bible study? No, actually, I was on last, well, better about three or four days last week. Oh, okay. Well, no, on Mondays, we we just do specific Bible study, and then Tuesday through Friday, we um, it's a regular prayer call. I think I remember yeah. hearing you um, one day last week. Like I said, I, I, I was on last week a couple of days. Okay. Diane was on, but she had to put a, she had to mute us because she was in traffic going to work. Okay. Welcome to our call. Well, thank you. Lisa, the one that invited me. Excuse me. Lisa invited me to the to the prayer line. Oh, okay. And seven o'clock is easy for me since I get up at six to get my daughter out of school. Mm hmm. The freshman in high school. Oh, okay. Great. For her, it's crazy for me because I'm too old for this stuff. What, did you get nothing early? No, dealing with a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I had her at 31. Okay. She should, keep you, she should help keep you young then. I wish. <laughs> I can't deal with the emotional up and ups and downs of a freshman. And uh, think about that. Being fifty one is like the stuff that this new these new age kids get into just messes with your mind too much. <laughs> but then I set myself up because I also have a twenty year old, so it's like she going through that I'm grown. Okay. You think you want to be grown? I wish I was back at that age with my mom, you know? (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Good Good morning. morning. How are you today? Everyone on the line is blessed. 
Uh, uh, can you guys hear me? Because I need to change the location of where I am. I can hear you fine. Okay. Right. How's everybody's weekend? Um, well, mine was an up and down thing. I celebrated my nephew's first birthday. Oh, first. Oh. I, I had a non pass. And you enjoyed it? Yes, I did. My oldest guy, Cal, gave birth to a son this weekend. Sunday, actually, yesterday. Okay, you're breaking a hold on one second. Let me change the location of the phone in my end. Um, I want to hear everything you guys are saying. I don't want to miss nothing. Are you having problems hearing us? Yes, I am. <laughs> Hold on one second. Okay. All right. Better. Hello? 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 Okay. Yes, there we go. I can hear you guys now. So it's his first birthday. That's awesome. That was awesome. And this is another now weekend. I got it. On my nephew's birthday, I lost a lot. But that Sunday, I gained the Mr. S.C. wants to call me a, a Gigi, a bad grandchild. Oh. Oh, man. <clears throat> you said you lost your godson? No, I lost I lost a son. And it's like, Sunday, my oldest goddaughter gave birth to a son. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Right. So, yeah. That is up and down. Can I ask who all is on the phone? Sure, you can ask. <laughs> can I have a check-in? <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to answer. Because who's talking? This is Lisa's mom, right? No. Pam? Huh? Yes. Pam? Pam. 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 Okay. All right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And who did you say you were there? I'm sorry? And who did you say you were? And this is Felicia. I'm sorry. You right? <laughs> I apologize. I'm still getting myself together. That's <laughs> okay. Like you said, you could ask. It depends on what they want to answer or not. <laughs> I, you know what? I have to, I have to prioritize my mornings on Monday, and I have not got it down pat. So I just be getting on here like, all right, let's get started, and I'm trying to calm it down. Like, all right, okay. But this is Felicia, and um, and yeah, I'm the one that just yeah, <sighs> the thing. <laughs> Um, you say just breathe. 
Exhale, take a deep breath and just exhale, let it all out. I'm sorry. Okay, hold on one second. Repeat that one more time. I say just, just take a deep breath and let it all out. <sighs> okay. I just, uh, hold on one second.
we thank Ms. Felicia for being obedient and leading us in this call every Monday. We thank you, Father, for everyone who joins this call, whether they speak up or not. We pray that they absorb something from it as we get together to share in your word, to learn of your word, and to have fellowship to start our week out. Father, for this and so much more, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Okay. All right. Um, so going to Proverbs 31. Um, and I thought this was really interesting because I didn't even, at first I didn't even see it like this, but as he was showing it to me as I was going through it last night, I was just like, okay, it it, it does, it, I see it. <laughs> so um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really big, again, I'll, I hope that, hopefully I don't keep repeating this, but I'm really big on finding out what names and everything mean um, in certain scriptures because it kind of ties in to everything that God um, is trying to give us in his word for our, our natural man, as our logic, as well as our spirit man. And so as I was going through, um, the first verse is, um, is key in, in the way this is starting. And so the first verse of Proverbs 31 starts, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And the two the two things that stood out to me was King and Lemuel. And so I, I have a um a strong concordance and I looked up what King meant for this particular section. And um it says to make or to set, to reign or to rule. And Lemuel means um, belonging to God, okay? So um, as I was going through this, he gave me um, 2 Timothy 2 and 12. And um, because we are supposed to be, we're, you know, us being uh, children of God, through heirs of Christ, um, we have, we're, you know, we are basically kings, queens, princesses, and everything, because we're going to gain, um, <clears throat> we're going to be able to rule along with, you know, along with Christ in the end, as far as, like, oh, we're supposed to be able to reign and rule and have dominion over our, you know, our area wherever we are, our family, our life, and everything, we're supposed to be able to reign in a rule. And so he, um, in Second Timothy 2 and 12, it states, um, I'll, go, I'll go up to 11. Mm, nope, i got to go up to 10. Thank you, Lord. Okay. It says, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ, with Christ Jesus with eternal glory. 
it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer with if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, we also will deny he will also deny us. And so if we're being faithful, which as we go through um Proverbs thirty one, we're giving the promise that we will reign in the end. And so um going on it says um in the second verse it says, What my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vow. And so I was just like, why did it say why did why did the mother say it in that particular order? And and so there are two different um there are two different meanings for the word son. And one of them is, you know, the builder of the family. Um, and that just that's like in a general sense. So it could be the grandson, it can be, you know, it can be an animal, it can be a nephew, it can be a cousin. Those are uh general meaning of son. But then um another meaning of son is a title meaning heir to the apparent throne. And so um, this particular, for this, for this particular um, verse, it meant the second one, uh, title, an heir apparent to the throne. And we are all, again, repeating, we are all heirs to the throne. We're all going to be able to, uh, if we walk according to what God tells us to do, we are going to be joint heirs of Christ. And um, the scripture that he gave me for that was Romans 8 and 17. And um, in Romans 8 and 17, it states that, and if children then heirs, I'm going to go up, I'm sorry, go up to, I hate reading part of a thing. Um, in verse 16, it says, The Spirit itself heareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So that's showing, again, that we are heirs as long as we are as long as we do what we're supposed to do, you know, and he gives us a, he, some of Proverbs 31 gives us a guideline. And so as we go further into Proverbs 31, it says, give, in verse 3, it says, give not your strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. And so, <clears throat> When it says, give not your strength unto women, as far as in the church sense, give not your, give not your, um, your, your strength unto temptation is what he gave me for that. Because people, when we go back to the beginning for Adam and Eve, Eve was the woman who was tempted, and she gave in to the temptation. So, is this a, it, it, it was that that I got as far as the revelation for this particular portion of the scripture because 
as believers, we give a lot of our strength into temptation. Even even in our you know, even though we pray and we study the word, sometimes we're tempted. And we always think temptation is this big thing like, you know, sex or alcohol or whatever. But sometimes the temptation is just to get angry. You know, sometimes our temptation is to be just as nasty to someone as they are to us and we have to not give strength to temptation because um and I forgot to get the the um the scripture for that, but the one the scripture that states um oh shoot. I'm sorry. I lost my water. Um the the scripture that says, um, you know, once you give an inch to sin, basically, I'm paraphrasing, unfortunately, but um, once you give into sin just a little bit, it it just keeps going from there. So it takes away it takes away our strength, and so this is telling us not to give our strength to temptation. And um, then it says uh, in verse 4, it is not for the for kings, old and UL, so it is not for kings, those belonging to God. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes to drink strong drink. And so then it says they drink, they drink, and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. And then that verse is basically letting us know that we always, um, you know, we all we have to always be diligent in in what we know about Christ and about God, excuse me. We have to be diligent in keeping his commands and we can't do that if we're impaired. So if we have, if we are giving into our our vices, our anger, if we're giving into our depression, if we're giving into our addiction or anything like that, we will not be able to judge correctly. And that and that is um, and that is key because there are so many people who are afflicted. I mean, even if we're so focused on our shortcomings and our issues, we lose sight of those who are more afflicted than us. I mean, how many times have we walked past someone that we saw was in need? I mean, everybody, there's so many people that are homeless, and it takes my son sometimes to tell me, Mom, I wish I had a dollar. I'd give him a dollar. And then that's my check. Because I'm like, excuse me, I'm like, oh, I have, a, you know, I have a dollar, but I want to keep my dollar. Sometimes it's just like I don't want to give all this time. But he, he's my son, is my check, and he'd be like, Mom, I wish I had a dollar. So when he says something like that, I'm like, okay. So I'll take, a, you know, I'll take whatever I have, and I'll give it. And he's just like, yay, you know. And and that's where that's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to judge and make sure that the afflicted, you know, are given the 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 um 
the care that they are need that they need. And um one of the um other uh scriptures that he gave was um was Isaiah fifty five eight through nine. And this is about the affliction and also about um you know making sure that our ways are not um you know, that we are not, like he said in the previous verse, you know, giving in to destruction. And so in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, okay, 55, 8 and 9, it says, because um, we have to know exactly, you know, where we're supposed to go and how we're supposed to go. But the Lord lets us know, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. And he says, so do we have to search for what God wants us to do? And that is one of the things that a a wife will do. A wife, you know, just like a wife, as we go further into 31, a wife will automatically know what her husband wants because she's so in tune in the relationship. So if he needs encouragement, she'll give it. If she needs, if he needs, you know, um, assistance in any way, she'll give it. Well, the same way with the body of Christ, we're supposed to be so in tune with the Spirit of God that if he needs us to um, go to a nursing home or if he wants us to go and minister to a child or if he wants us to go and encourage an individual we're supposed to be so in tune with him that when he tells us to, so, you know, we'll know without him having to continue to um, speak to us. We're, we're so in tune. Like when he, we see his eye, because there's a scripture that says his eye goes to and fro, you know, when, he, when we feel his eye go towards someone in our vicinity, we're, we're automatically going to go to that person or that situation and do what's needed. And we'll see that as we go on to Proverbs 30 and go further into the chapter. And so he tells us not to drink strong drinks so that we'll be aware and not hindered um, in our in our judgment. And this is, um, but this part is what, what I was just like, hmm, okay. He says, but give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy heart. And let him drink and forget his poverty and remember misery no more. And so I, I was, I was kind of like, um, okay, he wants us to, you know, in this one I was like, okay, Lord, is this part of what you're saying is what the church is supposed to do, get folks drunk? And as I'm reading this at the end, and we say the wine, the new wine is the spirit of God. Well, we're supposed to give them the spirit of God, you know, to those who are about to perish. Like, give them, give that to them so that they will no longer, so that they can have the hope. Because a lot of times when people are, are about to perish, some of them already know who God is and some of them don't. But as they're going through their as they're going through their transition to their end, some people when the ministers go in, 
it, it, it's, it's where they, you know, you hear about so many bedside um, salvation where they actually accept Christ before they pass. And, you know, and that's where we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to give. And even those who are in, in, in poverty, give them strong, the strong part of the spirit of God. We're supposed to go to them and give them hope. You know, maybe it's in our service. Maybe it's in just how we treat them because sometimes you will see how a lot of people who are in need or in desperate times, all they're looking for is still a little respect. You know, even though they might look a certain way or seem a certain way, they're still looking for some level of respect. And the church is where they should get it the most because that is the example that Christ set in front of us to give to the give and supply and provide not just not just ministry but provide um what what is needed in the physical as well. And so um as we go into um verse eight it says open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction, and open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And um, he's letting us know that the church and every believer is supposed to speak up and speak out. Let those who don't know about Christ, tell them about him so that they don't, they can't, you know, so that they don't walk into destruction. And a lot of times we are so fearful to not speak because we don't want to, especially in these times, because people are easily offended or people just have that wall up now where you, you, you're like, should I even mention Christ to them? You know, we have, but there are people out there who they're looking for, you know, they're looking for that ray of hope that Christ is. They just don't know that Christ is that ray of hope that they're looking for. And so it can be in just the simplest thing. As as believers, we have to start letting God shine through us. And sometimes you see some believers, you don't even know that they're believers because their countenance is always so, they have that, that face that just, they're not mean, but they just never have a pleasant look or or they have a pleasant look, but because they have a strong personality, the way they speak and how they say things doesn't let people know how much light and hope that they can offer. And so we have to learn to temper ourselves so that, you know, okay, you know, like I, when I was in customer service, they taught us always talk with a smile so that people can hear your the pleasantness in your, you know, the pleasantness coming from you because <clears throat> it, it, it doesn't, that way you don't, you, that way you know that, you're you're coming across as a cordial person, and so they made us sit with um for a while they made us sit with these mirrors in front of us 
and we had to look at ourselves as we were on the phone to make sure that our face was pleasant. And as your face is pleasant, when you have a pleasant face, you your your speech tends to go with your facial expression. I didn't know that until I actually sat and did that. So as believers, we have to be aware of our body language and our facial expressions all the time. I mean, I'm not saying that we need to put on a, a false a false face, but when it comes to the way we present ourselves to everybody, if you have joy in your heart or you have, we always should have joy, no matter what we're going through. Christ, God lets us know that he can give us joy. He's our joy. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away. No matter what our issues, we just have to learn to tap into that. And when we do that, we can spread that to everybody else. And, again, just with the, with the small things that we do, be it a high, a good morning, you know, um, just encouraging someone to let them know that, they okay, there is still somebody out there that cares. And um, before I go further, were there any, are there any comments, um, questions? I put you on mute. I was like, okay, she can't hear me. Um, I, I did have one. This does tie into, uh, especially what you're talking about right now, ties into the church service yesterday. And one of the things that Sam said that has stuck with me was that um, of how hungry people are. Um, and he was like, you know, even people on the line are, you know, are hungry. And um, I shared on the call about how last week I had a um I had a meeting with someone and when they um when they got to the apartment the prayer call was still going. It was one of those days when we went long. And mm-hmm. um so, you know, they could hear the prayer call and they knew about the prayer call because the person knows Sam, but they had never um participated before. And so what I was sharing with people is that, you know, um was my, like, obedience in, in taking advantage of an opportunity to share with someone, um, especially about the word, which is not exactly in my comfort zone, but it was just, you know, it just presented itself and, and I went with it. Because a lot of times, and I, I say this a lot too, we take things so literal. And when people hear about a prayer call that goes on for four or five hours, they're thinking, Literally, we are sitting on the phone like like praying for four to five hours, and people are like, oh, my God, I could never be on a prayer call, you know, like for that long. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I broke it down to her, the different aspects of, you know, of the call. And, that you know, a lot of times when we're on for that long, it's because someone is sharing something that's going on with them, and um, other people are, like, helping them to deal with it and sharing their own experiences and, and things like that. And so it gave it um, gave the person a different perspective of the prayer call. And um, so when I finished, you know, the person was saying that, you know, that they may, um, you know, like call in. I was just thinking about it later, like, oh, my goodness, that was me in there, you know, like talking. <laughs> like, um, you know, and just, I mean, and it wasn't, you know, like browbeating or, or anything like that because I really do not like when people try and 
and push uh, themselves on me and not do it in return. But, you know, the person, uh, because I had it on uh, on speakerphone, and so, um, you know, the person commented on it, just like a conversation just ensued from there. And um, and and that's what it was. It, it was a conversation. It wasn't me, you know. Well, you should, and and you know, and and that type of thing, which really does turn a lot of people off. Yes, yes, it does. And that's and and that's that's key right there. What you just said, because we have to learn to just plant the seed and see what happens. Because like, what if you hadn't had the, the prayer call on? And, you know, I, was, I took an a, um, a online course about having, you know, how to start conversations. And just with you, you know, letting the prayer call continue, that let that person open the door. Because, you know, sometimes you don't have to open the door. Sometimes God will open the door the other way. And so she, she, and for you to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, it's awesome because a lot of, I still sometimes, don't do it. <laughs> so I'll take your I'll take your example, and I'm going to run with it because I'm like, oh, okay, mm. you know. And I have to learn to, you know, to see those opportunities as the opportunity to say something, and you know, and make sure that I do shut up and not browbeat because that's I think that for me that is always my um, I don't want to say fear, but that's always been my caution. And so I just don't say anything because I'm like, well, how much is too much, Lord? I mean, should I just say a sentence? Should I just go by, you know? But from the way you're saying, like, you answered her questions and you made a couple of statements and then you just let it go. And so I have to be able to, you know, learn those. I have to learn that. <laughs> Good morning, how are you? I had a rough weekend, but I wanted to get back to what you had said about joy and putting on a smile on your face. Uh Uh-huh. The continent of Jesus was not always one of joy. He suffered long and hard, and patience is long-suffering. Now, there's there's a different kind of joy, you know, an inner joy. Uh Uh-huh. But that outer joy, you know, people are not going to smile 100% of the time. We're human, you know. We got right. suffrage. So, in in more, you know, like, okay, this weekend, I don't know if I mentioned it on the prayer line, but Scarlett had passed away last week, that little baby that we had. And oh, sorry. It, it's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm doing much better. Um I got prayed for, uh, Sam prayed for me, and other people have been praying for me, and God's given me the strength. I watched T.D. Jakes this morning. It was an awesome word. He had mentioned that um, when Rachel had Benjamin, she died and did not make it to Bethlehem, and how he buried her. And But yet, when Joseph and Mary showed up, he made it to Bethlehem with Jesus, and he said, Jesus makes up the slack where we buried something, and I started crying because I said, God, Scarlet was too important for me, and we were praying so hard for her, but God takes up the slack where Scarlet is not there anymore. 
And I started mm. crying. I said, praise God. That was an awesome word. And I was like, God, you just showed me that, yes, you can take up that slack, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that was, I was like, wow, God, you know, really cool. But, uh, yeah, there's mourning. And there there is anger, you know. There's frustration and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of emotions running through people when somebody dies, you know. But, uh yeah, I, I found it interesting what you had said about that. And uh, so I thought I'd comment on it, but I didn't want to, like you said, I didn't want to slam into you and say, well, people can't always put on a happy face. You know? And you're right. And it's not so much as, and that's why I have to, that's why I, 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 I will change that. It's not so much as you're, you're smiling, but, you know, when, when you know, like, just like now, like even though you are, um, even though you're hurting, right. even though you're you're sad, you can still have there. There is a you know the joy of God because yes. joy is not a feeling. The right. joy of God is not a feeling. The joy of God is knowing that even in the midst of it, you know He <laughs> He gives us those nuggets like. Right. You know, knowing that he he you know he he can he can build something from something that was lost. Exactly. Knowing that you can still you still have a um, it's, it maybe it's not a smile, but there's a way that we carry ourselves because we know that that God is still the one who handles everything. That's right. And because of that, we just have people say that there's a light. There is a there is a there is a there is a uh, a glow. There is a there is a there is something about the way yes. we carry ourselves, even in the midst of our losses. Because I have a friend who um, I mentioned um, on the call the other day. She lost her daughter, mm-hmm. and I heard her. I talked to her Saturday, and even in the midst of her going through that, she was laughing. And she was, you know, and she just, and then I saw her yesterday at church. And even though you could tell that she was still sad, yeah, her face, in her face and in her countenance, I love that word now, um, but in her countenance, you couldn't tell right. the, the sadness that she had because she knew, based on her conversation, that God was in control of the whole situation. Exactly. And, they, and you know, and she and she was talking about, like, just like you were saying, how you know he gave her basically beauty for ashes. So, um, the the family came together and and they mm-hmm. were talking about all. So there's a way that we can convey that same hope, yes. that same joy yes. to other people, and that encourages them to be like, okay, well, what you know, I lost a loved one, and I knew you lost someone. What made you that like like Tam was saying that opens that door? What made you still have you didn't you know you just didn't bounce back so fast? And that's that that open door that we can say, well, you know what? It was nothing but God. Right. Because I know, as, you know, in myself, I would still be under the covers, you know, with the mm-hmm. the shades drawn, you know. So so yeah, right. We we you're right. We can't smile, but. There's something about what God puts in us that's that true. people still see, right? You know. Here's so the other thing, you know, with 
with the the loss of her, look at how much time I spent praying for her. Look at how much time I spent seeking God to sustain her life. And he did for eight months. I mean, she could have died at birth, but our prayers kept her alive for eight months. Now, that's a miracle in itself. Yep. And yet, in the midst of all that prayer, it opened up a door for my heart to open up more. Because I had had some stuff that uh, I, I can't have children, and so I was always angry with women that had children. And there was a, a part of me that I had to let go of. And when Scarlett died, it was like, okay, I let go of that. And I went I went out, and we were shopping and stuff, and I seen and that day and the day before, I was seeing all kinds of little kids, little girls. And it put a smile on my face. Mm. But before, I would have gotten angry because they had children and I didn't. And I felt sorry for myself all those years. And yet God took that away from me when Scarlett died and says, I'm enough for you. And I look at the babies and I'm like, wow, look at that baby. Look at how precious that baby is to that parent. That's awesome. And it changed my attitude toward children and babies. It wasn't so much the children so much as it was the babies, you know. I I felt so sorry for myself because I couldn't have my own children. I was barren, and I had a barren spirit, and I didn't like women who had children. And I had frustrations and anger and issues and stuff, you know. But now I can look and say, well, maybe I can't understand what a mother goes through but I can have compassion for the children. I can have compassion for the mother in in a way that maybe someone who has children can't do with an object, you know, with an objective look. And a friend of mine said, you know, you can support the mother more um, by giving them compassion and understanding. You don't have to identify with everybody, you know, and for mm-hmm. so long, I used to think, well, God, I can't identify with these women who've had children. I, I can't identify with that. But God says, I didn't make you that way. I made you to be strong for those who are weak when they lose a child or, or when they're going through difficult times. You're an ear to listen to them. Right. And like this lady last week is having trouble with her son. The first person she calls is me because I'm there to listen to her and somebody else might have been you know too subjective and 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 criticized her said well you should be raising your children this way because they had opinions because they were mothers right and like my I, I went to my doctor and I said well do you think it'd be okay if we adopted and he says by all means if you guys want to adopt sometime you'd make a great mother because you are barren you know you don't have children and a lot of times people who have no children uh, enjoy children more when they have their own, when they adopt. You know, they, they they value them more because they couldn't have their own, so they they love they love more because of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And Louie and I have been talking about, you know, possibly sometime down the road that we might adopt. And that was so awesome. I went, wow, great. You know, so cool. Yeah, just because I can't have my own, <laughs> don't mean I can't love. Can't love. You know, it didn't. It didn't negate the fact that I can love children. 
I don't have to I don't have to be mad at the mothers. I can be a mother just in a yeah. different way. I can I can I can have children. I just can't have my own. <laughs> you know? So Yeah. And and that and that's just something to think about, you know, children in general and I worked in a school for four years and I walked kids across the street for three and I just you know, I was always the protective kind, you know, make sure the kids get safely across and safely back. And I and my heart always went out to children. And so Louis had seen that and you know, we'd we'd like to take a third world third world children who have nothing, you know, no food and are living in poverty and, and dying. We would like to adopt babies or children like that, you know? Because they have nothing and you know, and so it just it just breaks our heart to see that, you know. So yeah, but and that's and that's just something that we think about and discuss in our own home, you know. But had I not gone through what I went through with Scarlett and had all those kids, you know, had all those um, adults that didn't know Scarlett either, you know, I had never seen Scarlett except in the picture, but she was my grandniece. And so my heart went out to her because it was my brother's granddaughter. And it, my heart went out to him and the the son, which is my, my niece, my nephew, and his wife. Now they got two boys, you know, young little baby little boys, but they would hold her every day and the mother held her for eight months. Now see, I could be angry with that, but I have compassion for Sarah. She lost a child. She lost a daughter. And so I can, you know, write a letter to her. I have never written her, but I can write a letter to her and, and, and talk about, the, you know, the comfort of the Holy Spirit and just share with her my faith, you know, and tell her what Louie and I had done uh, to pray for her and her baby, you know? Yeah. And she put on Facebook the day that, Scarlett had a hundred four fever where she died that night, and she texted everybody. She, you know, she put on Facebook everywhere she could go for prayer. So see, she she's been reaching out too, you know. But uh, you know, God's will is bigger than ours, and I think He takes things that we think are mean and harsh, and shows us a, a whole different picture, you know. He does. He does. And yes, He does. A long yes. run. In the long run, it's expanded my heart bigger. And I have more compassion over people. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, that's all he's looking for is for us to learn as we go through each and every circumstance yeah. and issue. Yeah. And so you gave us a great example of that. A great example. Thank you. Felicia? Yes, ma'am. When you were um, were saying that, you know, in sharing, you never know, you know, you're always concerned that you may go too far or, you know, like when do you stop um, or what have you. In the situation last week, I just played off of her. She gave, she gave me the signals, you know. Um, okay. So it really, you know, it really was a conversation, and, and I was actually able to, to relate to her um being you know not as far along in my walk as some other people on the line um i was i was it was easier for me to talk about 
the issues that, that I had with, um, you know, like the prayer call and church and, and how I was able to make the, the transition. And, that, and so I think that part of it was that she was able to, to relate to the things that, that I was saying. And so um, I would just say, you know, pay, pay attention to the, to the person's body language and listen to perhaps if they're asking you questions or the comments that they make in response to the things that you say, and that will probably um, give you the direction of, of, like, how far to go. How far to go? Okay. Okay. I know um, my sister, well, our church does uh, outreach ministry, um, starting in the summertime, you know, and I had told her, I said, I've been wanting to do that for a long time, and they go out every Saturday, every other Saturday or so to different areas in the city to witness to people. And they don't, they, basically they just pass out flyers or, you know, or whatever. They don't really, like, you know, try to... um do anything else. They basically just pass out tracts and flyers and if anybody, you know, asks if the person wants prayer. And that has that was always my thing. Like I've been wanting to do it for the past couple of years. But it's just like, okay, how you know, but uh, but going by their body language and like you're saying, going by their body language and if they ask questions and, you know, watching their facial expressions and stuff, I'll be able to um be more at ease um, about trying about to do that. I'm sorry? Make it about the other person. Because that's right. why the, the outreach um, ministry sometimes goes too far because they're they're concentrated on, on their mission, on what they're trying to do. And, you know, true, every, you know, everyone needs God whether they realize it or not, but you know, one of the other things I had said on the call yesterday, that timing is everything. And, right. um, you know, you can hand someone a flyer, and if they, you know, if they just smile and say thank you and keep moving, then, you know, you, you have to accept it as a win because they took the flyer, you know, because some people, you know, won't even do that. But a lot of times when, um, you know, the outreach ministry, if they hand you something, then they're, they're trying to detain you and, and, and um, you know, and talk to you and, and so on and so forth, and and not that that's a bad thing, but if the person is not receptive to it, they're not going to hear you. Even if they stand there for thirty minutes, you know, they're thinking, "How can I get away from this nut?" You know, right? And so you it defeats. You know, you may look at it as a win because you got the person to stand there for thirty minutes, but they weren't focused on you. They weren't, um, you know, like real, they weren't engaged. Right. Know? Um. I actually I have a, another classmate that um on Facebook that um, is into deliverance ministry. And her her approach is so um, aggressive and, and you know, almost like beating people over the, over the head with it. And, you know, it's not, she's not touching as many people as she could be if she would, if she would soften her approach. Because not everyone is, is um is ready for deliverance ministry. No. And you know, um and I would have been one of those people before before I learned more 
about it, you know, uh, and it's interesting because now, you know, I understand a little better, but, like, before it was like, okay, oh, my God, here she goes again. We should give it a rest. Um, <laughs> and I have another classmate who's a, a Hebrew Israelite, and I had to block him from my, from receiving my messages. Um, you know, I mean, you believe what you want to believe. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But when you, uh, if I put a prayer for someone on my page and you take that opportunity to try and, and, you know, tell us that we're heathens and that, you know, we don't know, uh, you know, about the Bible or about God like we think we do and so on and so forth. See, that's, I have a problem with that. And right. so instead of cussing you out, I just blocked you from, from seeing my, um, you know, my post. You can do what you want to do on your page. And, and he does. And I don't, you know, even when I disagree with him, I just keep scrolling. You know, that's his page. Mm-hmm he wants, but you have to be respectful to other people as well. You know, um, you believe what you believe, other people believe what they believe. You want to have a conversation, that's one thing, but as soon as you tell someone you're wrong, you put them on the defensive, they're not going to hear anything you say. Exactly. Exactly. I'd like to start off with the conversation of what do you think about this? You know, instead of coming at them as as being um, judgmental, I'll say, what do you think about, and then I would bring forth a topic or something, and then I would discuss it with them, and it opens up the avenue of, okay, I'm giving you an opportunity to discuss your behalf on it. And th- and that just that little phrase, what do you think about that? And and it, like I said, it opens up a whole new realm of, of discussing things and um it, it makes it makes it inclusive instead of exclusive. What do you think about that? You know, just a simple question like that um, puts it in there to open up a topic. Good morning, everybody. I've been sort of creeping out on this morning. <laughs> Good morning. Just listening. I've been on for a while. And um, Sherry, right? Yeah. I, I think, you know, what you just said, what is my trash can? What you just said is so important. That is the perfect way, I think, to to open up a dialogue is to not tell but ask. Right. Because then people feel, uh, they don't feel violated. Like they don't, you know, will be slower to take offense right. if you do that. Because you're right, when you start telling grown people, come on now. When you start telling grown folks, (laughs) yes, what to think. And even if you're not, you know, people are sensitive. So they take offense to things even when, you know, offense is is, um, intended. And so, you know, because you definitely don't want to isolate or anything like that. So I think the way that you just said it is perfect. No, we're not we don't have time for that. I think the way that you just said it is absolutely perfect. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um uh okay, um we ended on um verse eight. So there were a couple of scriptures I wanted to give on um, before I go into the second half of 
of chapter 31. And um, one of the scriptures is Jeremiah 22 and 16. Yeah, there it is. And um, in Jeremiah 22 and 16, mm-hmm. it states, and he judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well with him, but not this to know me, says the Lord. So that's just letting us know there that to judge for the needy is getting, is getting to know him. And basically when it says to judge, it, it meant to basically, um, in, in that connotation for judge, it meant to basically um that's the word, Lord. I cannot think of it. Ooh. Well, what are you looking for, Felicia? Judge. You're looking for another a synonym for the word judge? Um, there was a, it was huh? a, I'm sorry? Discern? One more time? Discern. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Discern for the needy, yes. Because um, a lot of times, you know, like especially with with uh, rulers and stuff now, the the needs of the people are not being met. But if we judge for the needy, if we discern the needy, and we handle the handle it the way that God wants us to handle it, then that go that that lets us know who He is. And another verse He gave me was um, Isaiah one. Um, 16 through 17, and I'm sorry, 16 through 20, and in Isaiah 1, um, it states, it says, wash ye, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, and in verse 17, it says, learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, and plead for the will. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel... You should be devoured with the sword, so the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So this is just letting us know when we go back to verse 17. It says, learn to do well, seek judgment, seek discernment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, and plead for the widow. So he's looking for us as believers to take care of all of those, the widow, the fatherless, our elderly, um, our children, all of those are are supposed to be under the authority of us as believers. And as the body of Christ, we're supposed to go to them and 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 help, you know, and, and find out exactly what's needed and supply it, you know, being the hands of God, being the feet of God. And a lot of times, you know, we have churches that, we have some churches that do it, and we have some churches that when they do it, they have a they have a, a, a an agenda that, you know, they want to be seen. And God is not looking for us to be seen. He's looking for us to glorify him 
so that, again, giving that hope and, and, and that light of God to those who don't know it, that don't know him, and the, the light of hope to those who need it. And so we're going to go into um, the second part of Proverbs 31. And um, the second part is all about um, basically about the bride, about the wife. And so um, we're going to relate that to the bride of Christ. And um, some of the scriptures that were given to me um, is Isaiah 54 and 5, and Isaiah 62 and 5. And in Isaiah 54 and 5, God tells us, um, find it. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. And then um, in Isaiah uh, 62 and 5, he says, Oh my For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. And so he's comparing that, you know, he rejoices. When we're doing right, you know, we bring joy to God. We really do. And that's what he's looking for as, our, our, as us being the, the, the bridesmaids. You know we're we're supposed to be bringing joy to God, and He gives us He He's given us kind of like a as we go through the the second part of thirty one He gives us a breakdown of what brings Him joy. But let me give you a couple more. I got two more verses for uh, the example of the Bride of Christ, and um, one is uh, Matthew twenty five verses one through forty six, and that's about the Virgin. And, um, you know, and about the, the five wise and the five foolish. And we're supposed to be the five wise. We're supposed to be always prepared and ready for whatever, for when he comes. For when, when he, you know, when he comes, we're supposed to be ready and, and have, our, have our spirit ready for, you know, and not be, sleeping and not be slacking in what we're, you know, in our duties as his bride. And then in, um, the last one is Second Corinthians 11. I'm sorry, go ahead. That was 25, 1 through? 46. 46? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And um, the last one is Second Corinthians. Eleven and two. Second Corinthians eleven and two, as I find it. Um, and then Second Corinthians eleven and two, it says, 
for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. But I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And so that lets us know that we're supposed to we're supposed to be that church without a spot or wrinkle. And it's only through Christ that we're gonna be that way, without a spot or wrinkle. And us doing us going through Christ, he we're gonna we're about to go through the breakdown of what we're supposed to be doing. Okay? So it says, um, in verse ten, who can find a virtuous woman? And so I looked up virtuous and Virtuous means a force, power. With us being the, the bride of Christ, we're supposed to have power, and we're supposed to be a force that that shows how powerful our God is, how powerful our husband is, how powerful the bridegroom is. You know, our God, our Christ. You know, we're supposed to be an example. Of of who he is, and so the woman, as we go through this, it says, in her um for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. And when I read that, I was just like, okay, I said, okay, Lord. Um, and the question that came to me was. Can God trust us to hold his heart? You know, can he trust us to do what we're supposed to do for him, to glorify him? Because as we, like, again, I'm going to, hopefully I won't repeat myself, but as we go through, everything that we do glorifies the husband. Everything we do is supposed to glorify God. So as the body of Christ and, and as, a, as a reflection of God, everything we do should reflect who God is in our life. And I was telling our youth, the youth that I, I speak with on Sundays, I asked them yesterday, if where you go and what you do, you can't say you have to always think my, the Holy Spirit or Christ is right there with you, and if he can't be right there with you, if what if he walks in on what you're doing and you know that you feel guilty and ashamed, then you know that what you're doing is wrong. So therefore, you shouldn't do it from the beginning, and that's how the body of Christ should be. If you know that your action or inaction would grieve God, then it's up to it's it's meant for us to correct ourselves so that we can bring glory to him. And the heart his heart is, is in Christ and we're also supposed to be believing on Christ and in what he you know, in everything that Christ has done, his death, his resurrection, you know, his his crucifixion and his resurrection, we're supposed to be believing in that and in his word. Everything that God has said He's meant it. He's gonna. He said he'll stand on it. Like his word will not return to him void. So if we're if we're believing his word and we're speaking his word over our our situation, 
then it will not return back unto him void because he meant for that power to to be used. And so he it won't come back without the same intensity. But um, one of the things that I've noticed that the body of Christ is doing is we are not we are not standing on his word as we should. I'm seeing on Facebook and everything that, um, you know, this is a this is an individual thing that it's becoming more and more individual, and we have to all start fighting. And I love this line because we all have to start fighting people who are going after God the way God wants us to go after him and living for God the way God wants us to live for him because so many people are, are compromising you know, um, you have these um, educators who say that they know that they know the Bible, and they are taking on the the practices of other religions to show a solidarity, to show their support. And it's like nowhere in Scripture do you see Christ telling us to do something like that. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to show love, but we're never supposed to compromise our, you know, who we are in Christ to show love. Nowhere do we, nowhere do we see that as an example. And so many people are willing to do that, you know, and it, and it's kind of, and it's and it saddens God. It, it you know, and so it goes back to the question. You know, can he safely trust us with his heart? If if he was a human, which he's not, how many, you know, how often would his feelings be hurt? Like, I'm not saying that God doesn't have feelings, but he, he forgives us because he knows that we have our issues. But how often is he grieved over some of the choices that we're making, you know? And so we have to we have to look at that scripture and ask ourselves, and I have got if I'm if I have God's heart, if He trusted me with it, and I want Him to trust me with His heart, is what I'm doing honoring Him? Is what I'm doing, you know, pleasing to Him? And without faith, it's impossible to please Him, right? So if we're not if we're not showing faith in His word, if we're not showing faith that what His word says is true, and not standing on it, then we're not pleasing him, and so then we're not we're not being very trustworthy with his heart. Um, and so as we go further, it says um, uh, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And so that goes back to you know what I was saying, and then also the wages of sin is death. So we have to weigh what we're doing at all times. Even in our thought process, you know, because he looks at the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so, if we're, if our thoughts, I mean, even from the beginning, we we read in Genesis, you know, before the flood, he said he looked in the heart and the intentions of man, and all he saw was evil continually. So, us being the church and us being the bride, individually as well as collectively, what are, what are our hearts and our thoughts telling God? Is it good before him? Are we guarding ourselves so that we're thinking in love at all times? Or are we outside 
doing good, but inside is evil. We're 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 thinking of how much you know this is going to do for us, and how much is I mean, looking at some of the preachers, where are their hearts? You know, we have to pray for them, but that that their hearts are turned back to God, not to money, but back to God. And so, um, some of the scriptures that He gave me about doing good um, was uh, Old Testament first was Deuteronomy thirty and fifteen, and in Deuteronomy thirty and fifteen. He tells us thirty. You know, Okay, thank you, Lord. In Deuteronomy thirty and fifteen it says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And then 16, it says, in that I command thee this day to love, love the Lord thy God. And that means to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou may live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and she and you shall not prolong your days upon the land. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. And so, you know, that's why he wants us, that's why he's saying that she will do good and not evil all the days of her life. It's in the days that we do good that we have long life. It's in the wages of our sin and the wages of not, miss, you know, missing the marks that he puts before us that we that we lose heart and as we let temptation come in, as, you know, the beginning of the chapter, temptation comes in, we start letting sin take over, and then we slowly die and we move away from from God and our purpose for that he has for us. So we have to we have to be diligent as his bride. Um, and some of the other um, scriptures he gave me, um, I'm just going to read them. If you want to, if you want to, you know, go to them later. Um, it's First uh, Corinthians ten and thirteen. First um, uh, Timothy six and nine, and Psalm one nineteen and thirty, and um, Luke four and thirteen. And I'm going to actually read that one because in Luke 4 and 13, he says, I moved that down wrong. So I'm sorry. Take away Luke 4 and 13. I apologize. Okay. Okay. So, um, 
So he says, um, not evil, all the days of her life. And so in verse 13, it says, she seeks wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. Verse 15, she rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers the field and buy it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. And so in those verses, um, he gave me uh, about the good steward. You know, when we go to uh, in Matthew, um, does anybody know this? where the story of the good steward is um, because that's basically what he, it, it connects with with that story in Matthew about the good steward and how, you know, the, the landowner goes away and, you know, and he, when he goes away, he gives his servants talent and each servant does so much stuff with their talent. And it, and, it, and it shows that in the midst of all, while while she is, we are supposed to do so much more than just sit idly. And um, he says that in verse, um, in verse 27, he talks about, um, she does not eat the bread of idleness. As the church, we're not supposed to be idle. We're supposed to be doing things to provide for not only our family, but our community. And you look at some churches now, a lot of churches only deal with their members. They don't. There's not that many churches now that, you know, they might have, some churches have community outreaches, but other churches are just like, this is for the members only. And we have to be more for the community because a lot of times you have people who see the church and that's it. It's just a building because there's nothing welcoming them in. There's nothing saying, hey, you know, come check us out. I mean, we play our instruments loud, you know. You'll hear the, the speaker, you know, the preachers, you know, across the speakers Outside as people walk by, but there's nothing telling them, come on in. I was looking at a video of a um, a church over in, I want to say it was the Philippines, and the church doors were wide open, and the ushers were standing outside. You know, you heard that, you know, as people were walking by, they heard the, the, the preacher preaching, and the ushers were like they weren't they weren't um, saying anything, but they did the usher gesture like they had their hand out and welcoming them in to come in. And some people were coming in, but other people were walking by. But that ministry right there, they were just like trying to usher people in off the street, letting them know that they were welcome. And you don't see, I don't see any churches actually doing that. The doors are always closed and. As believers, we have to, we have to have ourselves open, open to usher people to Christ. So again, in how we act towards people, how we provide towards people. If you you know if you can, 
sometimes we don't have the money for it. But if you can, you know, you're cooking dinner and, you know, your next-door neighbor, you know, is a single mom, you know, or a single person, you know, and you fix extra, you know, take them a plate or, you know, or just, you know, you're having a barbecue, you're having people over, invite the neighbor. I mean, things like that we got away from, you know, and we need to get back to it because that's what that's what shows who God is. And so as we go forward, it says, this is the part that's awesome. It says um, in verse 17, and she girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. And what I got from that is the whole armor of God. And the armor of God, it says, gird your, gird your loins with truth. So truth is her strength. Truth is our strength. Truth is our strength. There's nothing else that we have but truth to strengthen us. The truth is in the word of God. So if you have the word of God in you, working through you, have the spirit of the Lord, you will have the strength to do all that you are supposed to do as the bride of Christ. And so then um, it says in verse uh, 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her candle goes not out by night. So we perceive that what we have is good. Our merchandise is what we have. So all that we have from God is good. There's nothing wrong with it. And our candle is the spirit that God has given us. And in the midst of even going through the night, our candle doesn't go out. The candle of the spirit of the Lord that's within us, it, it can't go out because, our you know, we are his, he is ours, and we're letting his light shine within us. So even in the darkness of this world and all the issues and stuff that we're going through, our candle does not go out. And so then he showed a connection of the next, um, so I'm going to be skipping verses. So verse 13, verse 19, verse 22, and verse 24 are all connected. So I'm going to go back to verse 13 first. And it says, and this goes back to our our, um, our key word, our key phrase, it's all a process. It's all a process. So in verse 13, it says, she seeks the wool, she, she seeks wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. And then in verse 19, it says that she lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. And then in verse 22, it says, she makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. And then in verse 24, it says, and she maketh fine linens and sells it and delivers girdles unto the merchant. So in, in this, we know that there is a process that we as believers go through. We have to look for the supply. Once we get the supply, we have to work it, and we provide for ourselves and our family, but then we also make sure that we're able to give out to others. So, like, like in, um, I, I don't know this, oh, my gosh. I don't know um, the actual the actual wording of the verse, but we, always, we say it on the line all the time. Our blessings are meant to bless others. So a lot of times we hold what we receive and we don't give it back out. But as we see in this process, 
in these four verses. Once we get it, we work it. We work it. Whatever it is God gives us, if it's a book, if it's a play, if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's uh, uh, organizational skills, if it's being able to be an adoptive parent, what we do is we, once we get that, we work it the way God wants us to work it. We supply ourselves first, and then we get we make sure that it goes back out, and so that other people can receive what we receive. You know, so um, I thought that was awesome, and so then um, it says going back to uh, verse twenty, she stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches she reaches forth her hand to the knees. So again, that tells us that we're supposed to give to those who don't have. We're supposed to extend grace. We're supposed to extend, I mean, a lot, and again, a lot of times it doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be, but just respect. I was reading about this, um, this uh, soup kitchen and I forget what city and state it's in, but it's in this it's in the United States. And these are culinary students who decided to give the homeless a uh, just a measure of respect. So instead of it being a soup kitchen meal where they go through this line and they get a tray and they just drop food on the tray they actually sit them down at tables. The tables have linen covers and tablecloths on it, and they go around as waitresses, and they give them a menu where they get to choose what they want to eat, and they terminate. They actually serve them. And I thought, I thought that was awesome, just that little bit. And there's another man who goes around, and he's building little tiny houses for the homeless in L.A., and he makes it basically from scraps, you know, of, of people throwing out um, doors and boards and stuff like that. And um, he says a little of nothing. He puts them on wheels, and it's just big enough for these people to lay down their head and put their possessions in. And then when they move, they can move it with them. You know, so those little things, is 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 basically, you know, what God is wanting us to do. It doesn't have to be something extravagant, but just whatever you have in your hand, be willing to give it out. Verse 21 says, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, but all of her household are clothed with garments. And so that just shows us that we're, you know, even in the midst of, um, whatever situation, you know, no matter what the weather, no matter what the issues that come at us, our houses are covered. Because, we, we you know, going back to the beginning, um, it's, going, it's going to come further down, um, or is that the beginning, where we get up and we actually pray for our family. We're praying. We're doing. We're, we are standing exactly how God wants us to stand as being his bride. And um, verse 22, again, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry, 
Her clothing is silk and purple. 23, her husband is known in the gate and when he sits among the elders of the land. So our God is known in the gate. Our God is known wherever we are, he should be known, you know, and um, and when he sits among the elders of the land, so when he when he sits in the when he sits on this earth where our praises are, you know, the elders are supposed to know who he is. That everybody should know based on what we're doing, who God is, who Christ is, based on how we're living our lives. Verse twenty four, and she makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles with the merchants. Verse 25, um, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. And so strength and honor is her clothing. That's what she's, that's all we're, that's all we, we're strengthened by what? We're strengthened by the truth. We have honor in the truth and word of God. And in that alone, we rejoice. Because we're living right, we're doing what we're supposed to do. If nothing else, I tell my, I'm trying to get my son to understand that now. There's only there's only two things that you have control of, and that's truth, and that's your integrity, your honor. If you don't have anything else, if if everything else falls away, you lose all your money. You lose, you know, you lose. Everything you're you're you end up being homeless. But still, the only thing that you have are your honesty and your honor. That's it. And as 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 brides as as brides of Christ, we have to be able to have that. We should always be speaking in truth and always honoring our word and honoring our vows and honoring whatever <clears throat> excuse me whatever we put our hand to. And then it says, um, excuse me, it says in verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. So we have to watch what we say and how we say it to everyone around us. We can't just, you know, a lot of times, like, like Pam was saying, you know, we have to, we can't be, so we can't browbeat, but like my dad says, we can't be mouth either. We have to learn templates. We have to know in season, you know, with with each um, situation, asking God, Lord, how do we, how do I address this person? How do I address this situation? I don't want to offend, but I don't want to compromise. And he will give us what we need. Excuse me. He will give us what we need. He really will, and how to say it and everything. He will. He will lay it out for us. Um, in verse twenty-seven, it says, "She looks well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the the bread of idleness." And we that means we look at well. We look at we look at our household, our house where our family is, and we make sure all is well. And then the same thing with the church. We're supposed to make sure that all is well with the church. You know, you know, we have we have um we have got this big you know, this mega church mentality 
And um, I don't know if it was on this call or I was reading um, it online and some of the uh, person stated that they like the medium-sized churches and the smaller churches because when you're not there, you notice that somebody calls you. Whereas with the bigger churches, if you, you know, if you're, if you don't show up, nobody knows. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it take, you know, the, the grapevine is big. And so, therefore, if you're sick or if, if, if something happens, either they find out later, they, nobody finds out at all. And so we have to be willing to um, start paying attention. If you have a church home, a physical church home, or even like even on the line as we do now, we call and check on each other, or we text each other. Is everything okay? And and that shows that we are making we are making sure that all is well with our houses. And so um, it says her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. So our children not just even our our physical children, but our spiritual children. We have people, and youth even, who, who we have ministered to who might even still come back to us every once in a while asking for advice or just have a conversation. And they praise us, and then because of all of our efforts, everything that we've done from being a good steward to being a good provider to being obedient and everything, even God praises what we're doing. And that's what we're looking for, really. We're not doing this to to please man. We're doing, we're trying to, you know, even in the physical, a wife is not doing anything for another man or anybody outside the relationship to be like, oh, girl, you're a good wife. No, we're looking for the, the our husband our husband to appreciate what we're doing. And so that's the same thing with us, you know, and us being the bride of Christ. We're looking to know that God praises what we do, that God is, you know, pleased with what we're doing. And he lets us know in the little ways and things that he's pleased with us by his blessings and by the peace that we have and the joy that we have. And he said in in verse 29, it says, many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. And many daughters, many people, many, many have, there's a difference between daughters and the virtuous bride because many have come, like he says, many are called. Many are called to, to do all of these things that are laid out here to be good stewards and to be good providers and things like that, but they fall short. And so if we follow all of these, we excel more than others. Not that we're better than others, but we're excelling more than others because we have purpose to do all of these things. We strive daily to do all these things for the to give God glory to give our husband God glory. And it says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. So all of these things, because favor and beauty, those are temporary. They have an expiration date. 
I mean, yes, you can still be awesome when you get older. There are many beautiful people out there. But the thing is, those things also can fade. Those are temporal. Those are very, those are things that, you know, um, favor only comes for certain situations or certain things. Or beauty can come be here today and gone tomorrow. It gets dirty. But a woman that fears the Lord, a believer that fears the Lord. So don't worry about all the trappings of the blessings because that's where a lot of prosperity preaching is right now. Like, oh, you, sh- you need to have cars and you need to look this way and you need to get your hair done every week and, you know, and, oh, if you don't have the newest car and, oh, my gosh, you get the biggest house or, you know, the not saying anything about the inside where the fear and the respect of God resides. There's nothing saying to respect who God is and what God wants. And this is saying that that's all that matters. But a woman that respects the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. So we shall be praised by God. Again, not by man, but by God, as long as we respect him and do as he wants. Um, you know, we shall be raised up. And lastly, it says, and give her of the fruit of her hand and let her own works praise her in the gate. So the fruit of our hand, as long as we are doing what is meant for us to do, that is, again, whatever God, whatever gift you have, whatever talent that God has given us, like Sam has been encouraging us, for so long on this call, is whatever God has put on your heart to do, do that for the glory of him. That is what, that is your duty as his wife because he gave you that gift to not hold on to, but to work it and then pass it on to others. And that is the end of this Bible study for today. Any questions or comments? Awesome study as always. Yes, it was great. I'm sorry. I, 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 my earphones fell out. One more time. I said awesome study as always. Yes. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I like what you said about truth. You can carry truth with you and honor with you no matter how poor or rich you are. That was really good. Okay, praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, wow. Um, virtue is also influence. I was looking up in my concordance, and this is what virtue is in my concordance. It says, strength and ability often involving moral worth, any excellence of a person or a thing, power, influence. The phrase a virtuous woman is literally a woman of ability. Sometimes the word is used in the old English sense of power and strength. Virtue. Yes. That was really good, too. That we're influential with people. You know, with what we do... We actually can influence people for the good or the bad. Yes, we can. 
And that's why it's so vital that, you know, we we watch what we say. I was I was you know, and that's why in um wow, please don't let me lose it. Please don't let me lose it. Um you know, we are examples. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to, you know, not be the stumbling block right. for other people, you know, for believers and non-believers. So we have to be very, you know, this, you know, the way is narrow. That 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 phrasing, that scripture, it it it, it even makes more sense. Like the way is narrow. Yeah. For us, if we're gonna do this walk, because. I can't veer to. I can't step to the left or the right of this road if I if I know other people are looking at what I'm doing mm-hmm. and what I'm saying. Then if I'm saying I profess Christ and oh He's the joy of my soul and you know and this and any other, and I'm walking this narrow walk, I have to make sure that what I'm doing at all times is lining up with that. Right. You know, and not me and myself, and that's where we get it. That's where we get thrown off because we're thinking that we have to do it. But I believe it was either you, it might have been you, Lisa or Pam, and you were saying that it's not of ourselves that um, we do this. It's, it's God. Yeah. It's God. Nobody else. You know, it's not us. You know, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't walk this narrow walk. Because we are so off balance, we get that we get that vertigo thing going where everything gets all screwed because of you know we get you know we get thrown for a loop on 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 everything on our day to day. So we have to we have to be really aware of you know what God is doing for us and let it and, and understand that it's God in us. That's doing everything, not us. Us. We're not puppets. That's one thing we're not. We're not puppets, but if we are really submitting ourselves to Him, He will. He will direct our path, and He let us know that He will direct our path. But I'm so glad He let that that that, that our influence. He lets us know that we do influence, but we just gotta. And people don't think that. I mean. Not just us in the church, but even like you know, media figures, you know, these stars and stuff that are always in the in the limelight. They don't think that they're influential, but God lets us know that there's in 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 both sides in the in the believer and the non-believer. What we do can be an influence to others. And how you use that power and influence, both in the positive and negative, will affect whoever is is paying attention. You know, so you know we have to watch, watch, watch ourselves and, and pray for pray for continual guidance, continual guidance. Felicia. Yes, ma'am. I have, well, I don't know if it's a question. It's more of a concern of mine. I have a friend who's type 1 diabetic, and she's also bipolar. And 
probably within the last two months, she's had four episodes where her blood sugar has been too low. And she was at her house last night. Her birthday was Friday, so we were having a birthday party, and her blood sugar went low, and they had to carry her out of the house, take her to the hospital, and um, give her a shot so that her blood sugar could come back up. Well, she was exhausted when she left. But they brought her over to the house not knowing that she was, you know, her sugar was too low. My concern is she's too unstable to take care of herself. Her daughter works, her husband works, and then leaves her at home a lot. And Louie and I were discussing it and says, uh, you know, they can't do anything to help her because she's stubborn. She don't want to eat when her blood sugar is too low. She gets angry with everybody. And I asked the husband, I says, well, what do you think? So this is where we came back to this again. What do you think? Do you think she's unstable? Well, she could be. And I says, well, yeah. And I and I, I was concerned about that. And I thought, well, the daughter and the husband are away, you know. And I didn't know, you know. I told Louie, I says, would it be okay if I took you to work from now on and just spent time with her at her house? And he thought that would be a good idea they kind of dismiss her and are ashamed of her rather than helping her. They're trying to nullify it by saying, well, we do what we got to do. We take her to the hospital, but they leave her there and disappear and then come back. And it's like the mother will say, you know, they just don't care. And they're not Mm -hmm. helping me. They're not helping me. And, on her birthday, the day after her birthday, I took her out for lunch because she can't drive. She's blind in one eye and she can't see very well. Oh, wow. So she's got these disabilities going against her and they're ashamed of her. And it's just like it breaks my heart. And I told Louis, I says, you know, we pray for her and her husband says, well, yeah, she's got issues. She doesn't forgive and all this. And I thought, well, she may have issues, but she's got physical things that are going on in her life and you guys just take her to the hospital, drop her off and leave her there. I, you know, and she's been doing this numerous rounds of time and I said, Louie, do you think she's suicidal? And her daughter says, it depends on the day. I thought, Lord God. Wow. Do something, people. Something's got to be done. You know, she's not stable. And there I am, trying to, you know, pray to God. God, show us what to do, you know. Don't want to step yeah. over bounds with the family because the family, you know, is basically taking care of her every day. But um, it's very, it's very um, a dichotomy that I'm not sure, you know, how God wants to use us in that situation. You know, like I said, I took her out. And she ate. She checked with us for to ate her food and then she ate some dessert because she knew her blood sugar was too low. Now she does that with her but when her family's with her she gets in a depressed state and then she tries to take her life again. So I don't I'm not real sure you know, what the answer is there, you know? Well okay. Um and it's so funny because me and um me and uh Lisa, we're actually talking about this last night. As long as the family isn't um, isn't 
uh, the, oh Lord, I'm having a mind freeze today. As long as the, as the family has no, doesn't get offended by right. it, you can befriend her. Yes, I have. You can be, you, I mean, you, you've befriended her. So what you can do is you can ask the 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 husband or the daughter, you know, like. Um, I see he's not married to her anymore. He's divorced. He lives next door. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, then that's even better. So what you can do is because you've befriended her, that's fine. I, I would go because cause the thing is when people, sometimes when people get depressed, they are, they are going through those multiple issues and they have the depression to suicide a lot of times come because it feels like no one cares. Right. You know, and you showing her caring will right. will take care of that. Okay. I mean, and, you know, and just, you know, go, go, you know, if you're going to go every day, it's not even so much as you have to go and spend all day. Just, you know, <clears throat> go and have breakfast with her. You know, you can go either take breakfast with you or maybe fix breakfast there. You like, you know, and just that whole, as you're talking to her, be like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. Can I fix me something to eat? You know, I mean, just, you know, because, you know, usually sometimes when people are friends like that, they'll go in each other's cabinets. Girl, you don't have anything in the house? Well, when I come back later, I'm going to bring lunch, you know, and that kind of thing will encourage her to know that somebody cares. And you're not overstepping your bounds because you're showing friendship. Right. You know, and, um, and this, that, that, those little gestures, again, like, you know, that's the, the little gestures I'm talking about, just showing her, wow, somebody does care that I'm yeah. in this state, you know, and you, you may even see a small turnaround in her demeanor because now she sees that she's not going through it alone. Right. You know, and so yeah, I, I encourage you. She yeah. Her, she, you know, when she was going on her low blood sugar, uh-huh. I came up to her. I know she was low blood sugar, and it was about time for her to, you know, go. And I came over and I hugged her. I said, hey, give me a hug. You know, I know she's not completely 100% there, but she was a little bit there. Uh-huh. She said to me, she says, you know, you're so nice. <laughs> yeah. You're so nice. And see, Even and in the, the midst low, of her sickness and stuff, she could detect that I was, you know, cared about. Yeah, somebody cared. And then she dropped her plate and everything went on the floor and she just started shaking and we knew it was time to take her to the hospital. Oh, wow. They let her get that far? Okay. Yeah. yeah they, um, they did. That's, that's crazy. They did. Um, and, and that's the thing, though. The low blood sugar is affecting yeah. um, her... And, now, I, the, yeah, it was scary. Probably, um, it was scary. <laughs> I wonder if the I wonder if the if the low blood sugar affects the bipolar, or if the bipolar affects the low blood sugar as far as the medication. It was because this at six years old as a child. As diabetic. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you know that's. That's one of the things that are that have been coming out that a lot of the medications that they gave for one thing 
affected something else. So it's like the the and then her not eating correctly is not really helping with her mental no. state because every time because I know um, when my grandfather had his low blood sugar episodes, it wasn't that many. It was like one or two. He does become very combative. Yes. You know, and he's very disoriented. And that's exactly And for them to, to let it continue to go on for so long, to let her continue to go into low blood sugar and messing with her mental state, that you might, you know, that will affect how her moods and stuff are. And that's probably causing a permanent kind of thing for her mental. So, um well, before we get off the call, we'll we'll say a prayer for her as well. Thank and you. that's what. Um, but I I wanted to know if anybody else had any questions or comments before we do prayer. I'm good. Okay. Does anybody have any prayer requests? Um. I mean, you can just pray for me in general. Okay. <laughs> and that, I'm sorry, who was that? That was Sam. Oh, Pam, sorry. I'm sorry, that was who? Pam. Pam, okay. All right. Okay, Pam, Pam. You know what, Pam? I'm not going to pray, but I am going to give you a word of encouragement, though. And my word of encouragement is this. Um, You are a, 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 as I minister to you, I minister to myself. You are great to than you think, and you contribute more than you think. Don't think that what you do goes unnoticed or unappreciated. A lot of times people just don't say thank you, even though you do sacrifice and everything. And so I'll tell you, like I tell a lot of people, if nobody else tells you thank you, thank you, Pam, for the big sacrifices, the little sacrifices, for, you know, taking the time out of things that you do that you could be doing for yourself to do for others. And you've always been that way, and you always just let things, you know, you try to fill in where help is needed. And sometimes people do forget to say thank you, and it's not that they don't appreciate it. But because you do it so often, they just assume you know that they appreciate it. But But they do. You are appreciated for all that you do. And continue to stand strong in, in the 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 urge that you have to be a service to others, because in that that is your ministry. You don't have to profess God all the time because you are working in the ministry of a giver. And as you give out, people are receiving exactly what they need, and then God will continue. God will start opening the doors just like you had for the young lady when she came for your meeting to be able to speak about who he is and how to find him. So be strong, be of good courage. 
and he will strengthen your heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. And uh, what is the lady's name, Sherry? Marlis. One more time. Marlis. M-A-R-L-Y-S. Marlis. 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 Okay. All right. So, Father, we come from Marlis right now. Father, you know her family situation. You know her spiritual situation, her mental situation, her physical situation. And so, Father God, we are coming right now and we are praying, Lord, for all of those various situations to be realigned. Just like if you were, um, she were to go to a chiropractor, just like if we were to do what um, the people do about the chakras and, you know, realigning and making sure everything is in place. Father, you know what triggers. You know her triggers. You know what makes her lack. You know what makes her sad. You know what needs to be corrected in her life. So Marla is, is, is your child, Lord. And we ask that um, if she doesn't know you, help her to know you through sharing. She knows, her, she knows him. Um, I'm sorry? She knows him really well. She knows him really well? Yeah. So, Father, help her to help her in her faith. Because a lot of times when we have, even though we have faith, Lord, it's in our unbelief that you will heal. It's in our unbelief that that you can deliver, that we hinder you from working. So, Lord, we, we are praying right now that as Sherry goes by and, and offers her friendship and fellowship, that as Sherry speaks on how you healed her, through her surgery and how you're healing her on a day-to-day, that she will seek you for the healing for her diabetes, that she will seek you for healing in her hurt and her emotions, that she will seek you for the healing so that she will, uh, where she's breaking mentally and emotionally, that she will let you come in and be that balm that she needs to to strengthen her, her faith in all aspects of you, Father. And Father, we just ask that you will turn around the situation in her relationship with her daughter and that they will love her or respect her in, in a whole different way, that they don't see her as a hindrance, but as that which was there when times were good and now that times are bad, that they need, that she needs her there for them, for, for, you know, that she needs them there for her. And Lord, we just ask that you would give her a hedge of protection around her mind, that what the enemy brings against her shall not prosper, and that you will just, just cover her and start repairing the breaches that have been done so that your spirit can indwell and take over all the empty spaces to give her a comfort and peace that she needs. And we thank you in, in advance for the many blessings. And we also pray for Sherry and Louie right now that as they endeavor to do all that you have put in their heart, Father, to do in the ministry of, to others, that that they, as they get emotionally attached, that you will give them the strength that they need 
to overcome any disappointments, any losses, because everything is a cycle. People come and people go. And in the ministry that you have given them, people will come and go. They are only ministering for a season to encourage and strengthen. And like little birds, when they, like birds that, that are have a broken wing, once that wing is mended, they fly away. And that's the ministry that you have given Sherry and Louie, that they are only supposed to repair the broken wings, and then once the bird is repaired and healed, that bird will fly away never to return. So give them the strength that they need, Father, to be able to overcome the attachment and not feel saddened when it's time for that bird that you have given them to, to help heal to fly away. And Father, we just thank you for all of the ministries and services that you have given to all that come on this line, that you will continue to help them be the leaders and the servants that you have called us to be so that we can do everything that that you want us to do to give you glory and to shine the light for all men to see, to be drawn to you. And we thank you in advance for the grace and mercy that it takes to do that. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, is there any other um, prayer requests or comments or questions? I'm sorry. May I pray for you? Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Felice, Lord. As she's given out today, God, I ask that you restore to her that which you have portioned back to her, what she's given out today, God, and strengthening and more wisdom, God, as as you give her divine revelation in, in, in the ministry that she has, God. I ask that you just fill her full of your Holy Spirit in a in a more powerful way and, and take it to more levels. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If there are no other questions, comments, or concerns, um, is Arivia still on the line? Arivia, yeah. Arivia. Sorry. I added a whole other syllable. I apologize. Would you mind praying us? <laughs> would you mind closing us out? I don't know okay. what it is I'm supposed to do. Okay. Um, is Lisa on the call? Okay. So what we do is when we close out, all we're doing is basically um, we do a prayer to seal what we've learned um, so that the enemy can't come back and pluck it up because um, the Word of God says that seeds are thrown on, you know, in different situations and um, in good ground, on rocky ground, and, you know, among weeds and everything, and um, some grow and some, and some don't. 
So we're pray- what our, what we do is we pray that. Um, so what we pray for right now is that Father, everything that has been spoken of today, help us to meditate on that this this day, O oh Lord, and where we need to be strengthened in our walk with you, where we need to be um, better God-made of you. Help us to be that, O oh God. Help us not to be idle. Help us to be a service to those who are in need, um, be it the widow, the elderly, the child, um, and so that we can show you. And, Lord, I thank you for each and every one that has come on this line. I pray for them, their family and friends, and their seven degrees of separation. Watch over them today so that they will be able to um, be prosperous in whatever they put their hands in, from the small to the great, for your glory and for their good. And we thank you. And praise your name. Amen. 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 All right. Everybody have a blessed day. See you in the morning. Hey, Felicia. Yes, ma'am. Did you want those questions from last night? Yes. Um, Let me get a pen and a paper. One moment. I'm glad you remember because I totally forgot. Okay, ready. Okay, there's uh, there's ten questions, and this is on um, how to embrace change. Embrace change. You said there's 10 of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready. Number one. What's changing in my life that I'm currently resisting? Okay. Why am I? Hmm? Okay. Okay. Why am I resisting that change? Okay. What am I afraid of with respect to this change? Okay. What am I afraid might happen to me? Okay. What's the payoff for my keeping things the way they are? 
Okay. What's the cost I'm paying for keeping things the way they are? Okay. What benefits might there be in this change? Okay. What would I have to do to cooperate with this change? Okay. What's the next step I could take to cooperate with this change? Okay. And then the last one is when will I take it? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Okay. Okay, so ho- hopefully that that uh, that I help you um work it out. Yes, ma'am. It actually will. I thank you. No problemo. All right. Okay. Have a blessed day. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. All right. See you guys in the morning.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.